0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Father desires for you and all of us to become. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from apologetics, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, prayer. The list goes on. I will then sit with And try to respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness, to grow in your relationship with God. However, disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect. And so every now and then, my advice might not actually be good for you if that's the case. I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in the Lord. You can hit me up with your own questions at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. You can critique, comment on past episodes in Send those critiques and comments to me as well at askfatherjosh at You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats so that other people can find out about the gift of the show. And finally, you can share us on your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That also enables other people to find out about the Ask Father Josh podcast. On today's show, our topics will be about the following. Anger toward God. Pregnant before marriage. And my favorite Bible translation. But before we get into those topics, I'm going to share with you a glory story. So my glory story, uh, it it actually happened to me this past week. Uh, I Obviously, as you know, I got back from Poland. And uh, the day I got back from Poland, the next day I had spiritual direction, which was Absolutely amazing. It was really, really good. Then I got back to my parish, and there was just so many beautiful things happening at Holy Rosary with my parishioners and with my staff and my ministry team. And so everything was good. But for some reason, I was in this funk. you know have you ever been like that? you just like everything's going good you, you I don't know why I just I was in a funk, and I wanted to be joyful and I wanted to be happy, but I wasn't. And one of my parishioners, uh, she saw me. She said, hey, Father Josh. I said, what's up? And she said, how was Poland? And I said, it was great. She said, how are you? And my response was the following. I'm good. I'm, I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm good, busy, real tired, real tired, real busy. Yeah, yeah. And as I said that, she looked at me with these like piercing eyes. And she knew that I knew that something wasn't good. But I wasn't comfortable with that. So I was just like, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> and so as I walked up, I was like, what is wrong? I don't get it. And so I, I went to my chapel the next morning for my hour with Jesus. And I was with the Lord. And I was like, God, what's going on? I was sharing my thoughts, my feelings, my desires with him. I desired to be joyful, but I felt unhappy. And I was trying to think. Why am I unhappy right now, God? And So I went through the Ten Commandments, and I was like, nope, I didn't break any of those. I went through the seven deadly sins. Like, nope, haven't committed any of those. I'm not in a state of mortal sin. I'm in a state of grace. I've been to confession recently. Why do I feel this way? And as I was sharing my heart with God, I perceived the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament speak to me. I said I perceived because, again, I'm not a mystic. I don't know for sure. But what I perceived was the Lord said to me, Josh, it's not what you've done. It's what you haven't done. You, you, You haven't. Fasted since you went to Poland and visited St. John Paul II and St. Faustina and Blessed Jersey Popoluski and St. Maximilian Kolbe, You have not fasted. You've not fasted since you've been back. You've not fasted from social media. You've not fasted from uh, certain foods. You've not fasted from drink. You've not fasted from taking hot showers. Like you've not fasted. And because you've not been fasting, you've not been able to, to receive and perceive the love that I have for you and the grace I have in store for you. So, Long story short, I uh, reached out to some of my brother priests and some of my parishioners and invited them to do Exodus 90 with me. And I, we're doing a different version of Exodus 90 because we started a little bit late. And so we're doing like all the fasting of Exodus 90 and the the prayer and all that stuff. But the, the reading material is not the same because I think we signed up too late. And so I ended up just... Um, making my own uh daily reading material for the for the group of guys i'm doing it with and uh, but it's been so delightful it has been so good to be off social media i didn't realize how much time i spent on social media i didn't i didn't realize how much time i spent taking showers because you know you know like to sing so i go in the shower and i'm up in there singing songs the whole time uh whatever i've been seeing recently uh Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, restless love of God. Right. I'll sing I do a whole concert in my shower. And so now that I'm taking cold showers, guess who's not doing concerts? This guy. Um, and so I'm working out every morning. I'm I'm it's, it's just been so good. I've been sleeping finally, like, and I've been tired early. Anyway, so if I'm not responding to you on social media, uh it's not you, it's me I'm fasting uh but what I might start to do is I might start to get my team to like post my reflections and stuff on Instagram um at as uh, at father Josh Johnson on Instagram um at father Josh Johnson yeah f r Josh Johnson same thing for Facebook and and uh and Twitter uh and so I might get my team to post my my reflections and my pictures and stuff but yeah I'm off for the next ninety days and so uh so if I'm not responding to you that's why uh but please. Don't let that stop you from sharing the podcast on social media because I've had some new listeners come to the podcast because of you sharing it on social media. And so, anyways, long story short, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't denied yourself time away from social media, the internet, uh, from YouTube, if you are not denied uh, taking hot showers or taking cold showers, if you are not denied sleep, if you are not denied food and drink, I would encourage you to to pick it back up. It's been so helpful for me and my relationship with God. I feel like I'm more attentive to him. And I'm also more attentive to the people that I'm working with uh, here at my parish. And so it's been a gift for me. Potentially, it could become a gift for you as well. So that's my glory story. Fasting is a gift. Uh restoring fasting. Yeah, let's let's get back to fasting. I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee. And when I finish sipping on my coffee. I'm going to share with you some follow-up feedback from some of our listeners. Mmm. Mmm. love me some coffee. First feedback comes in from Emily. Emily writes this, Hi, Father Josh, I've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Thank you for your wisdom, humility, and compassion in answering so many questions. I'm behind on listening to my podcast, so you may have talked about this already, but I wanted to share a story about St. John Vianney." If you think it's appropriate, maybe you should also share this with the woman alone, uh, who wrote into the podcast a few episodes ago. The story goes that a woman came to Father John Vianney for confession, and she was despairing because she had been praying for years for her husband's conversion, but that he had killed himself recently, and so she believed all of her prayers had been unanswered. Father John was given grace to have supernatural knowledge of the situation and was able to assure the woman that her prayers had been heard and that her husband had converted immediately before his death. I've always found this story very hopeful because it shows that God's mercy is so much more powerful than we know, even when we don't always see how he answers our prayers. Emily, yes, Emily, thank you so much for sharing that story about St. John Vianney and the woman who came to him in confession. What a beautiful story. Um, And that is a story that gives us hope for God's divine mercy. God's divine mercy is for all of us. It's unfathomable, unfathomable. All right. Next feedback comes in from Kyra. Kyra says this, uh, just listening to your episode about chapel veils, and I have recently felt called by Mary, actually, to veil, and your words were beautiful and gave me courage to follow this uh, promoting. Uh, God bless your ministry. Well, Kyra, God bless you. I hope you enjoy the veil. If you ever want to purchase a veil, you can purchase a veil at Holy Rosary, my church. We just opened up a gift shop. It's called Sacred Arts and Gifts of Jesus and Mary, and one of the things that we sell is veils. You could either come to the store and purchase it or do it online and we will send it to you. So shout out to you and all the ladies who veil themselves. All right, now let's get into today's show. All right, first question comes in from T. T writes this, hi, Father Josh, I found your podcast recently. Your topics are super interesting and you give rock star advice based on our faith. We're catching up on older episodes, and my wife and I heard your answer from a couple of months ago to a question about finding happiness when depressed. Here's my situation. have a teenage daughter with severe anxiety and depression. We're taking her to the best experts we can find and getting her the best treatment, medications that we can. It's been a couple of years now, and it seems like nothing is working, if anything. It's getting worse. My daughter doesn't even want to go to mass anymore with us and has essentially turned her back on God. I know I'm biased, but my daughter's a great person who used to love God, and I can't see the redemption in her suffering. I know that I can't see what God plans for us, and I've asked God to please give me her pain, but she's still suffering with this. I also know Mary suffered her son's immeasurable pain for us. My wife and I have turned everything over to Jesus, and intellectually, we know he wants us to trust him with our problems, but if I'm being honest, I'm starting to get angry and resentful. Do you have any advice on how to deal with my anger and resentment towards God after so many years of praying, fasting, trusting, et cetera, with the situation not getting better? Thanks for all you do. Yes, I do. I do have some some thoughts I can share with you. The first one comes from uh, Avagrius Ponticus, all right, Um, who is from back in the day. He would say this about your situation. Uh, Do not be troubled if you do not immediately receive from God what you ask of him. For he, God, desires to do something even greater for you while you cling to him in prayer. So basically what he's saying is, is that the more you perceive your prayer to be unanswered, the more intense your prayer becomes, the more you're going to lean into prayer. The more you lean into prayer, you're leaning into the person Jesus Christ. The more you lean into Jesus Christ, He's doing something for you beyond the temporal good of seeing your daughter's health restored. He's drawing you to an intimacy with him so you can really fully abide in his love and share his love in a new way. He's stretching your capacity to receive the divine so you can share the divine with your daughter so she could perceive in a very tangible way the love that God the Father has for her through you who spends so much time with God on your knees in fasting and in prayer. And this reminds us that like when we have thorns on our side, those thorns on our side for you, your thorns, your daughter's um, illness, those thorns can quite often be one of our greatest gifts that God allows us to experience that he permits us to experience. He didn't give you the thorn, but he's permitting the thorn because God sees the whole picture. He sees the whole story. And he knows that this thorn in your side right now is drawing you closer to him. And that's the greatest thing that could ever happen is that you are drawn closer to him. And then you're able to better share his love with your community Uh, years ago. I may or may not have shared this on the podcast, but I remember going to Blessed Francis Xavier Seelho's Shrine in New Orleans, and it was on my birthday, and I, I have a thorn on my side that I prayed to God to deliver me from for years, and it seems that he just hasn't. And I remember when I was at this shrine, I was on my knees before the tabernacle crying out to God, like, God, please, like, how much longer? I fast, I pray, uh, I, I serve you in the ministry, like, I give so much of myself to you, like, why do I serve this thorn? And... I was made aware by the Lord in that time a uh, prayer on my knees before the blessed sacrament at the Silo shrine that this thorn has saved me. Like this thorn has drawn me so much closer to Jesus. If I didn't have this thorn, maybe I wouldn't pray as much as I pray. Maybe I wouldn't be as radical in my relationship with Jesus Christ as I am. Like this thorn really is a gift for me. And so if he removes it, then it's only because that's what's best for me and Uh, if he does not remove it in this life, if I have to wait for it to be removed into a purgatory, then that's because God knows that that it won't be good for me to experience the deliverance from this thorn now. Um, St. Augustine also speaks to us, um, and he says that God wills that our desire should be exercised in prayer, uh, that we may be able to receive what he is prepared to give. So the more that we pray, the more we open ourselves up to receive the greater gift that God has in store. And so we have to be open to God's will. Thy will be done. What's that song by that that girl? She was in that country group, and now she's like a solo artist, I think. Uh, Thy will be done. Woo, 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 woo. And I was joking, but seriously, that would be done. It's like the greatest prayer we could say because we don't know what's best for us or for our family. If you if you go to the word of God, which uh, speaks to us directly to what you're saying, to your experience. In the book, Habakkuk, we read this. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and thou wilt not hear or cry to thee violence and thou would not save Why dost thou make me see wrongs and look upon trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. And then the Lord answered. And this is what the Lord said, chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets so he may run who reads it, for still the vision awaits its time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, this is what the word of God says to you, T, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, he whose soul is not upright in him shall fail, but the righteous shall live by his faith. What the Lord is saying is wait for it. You're crying out to God. You're praying. You're fasting for your daughter to be restored, to be healed, to be a disciple as well. Wait for it. Don't give up praying. Don't give up fasting. Maybe you will see it in your lifetime, or maybe you will see it in the kingdom of heaven, but God is inviting you to just wait for it. Have that expectant faith. When I was in Poland, we visited the Divine Mercy Shrine, and one of the nuns at Sister Faustina's Monastery, her convent, her name was actually Sister Faustina. She shared a story about her sister, and her sister, whenever she entered the convent, her sister pretty much just like, man, began to live a very worldly life. And she had three children outside of wedlock, stopped going to mass, did not get any of her kids baptized. And the nun was now like, God, really? Like, I gave my life to you. I gave up everything. And, and this is what happens. So she, she prayed for her sister. She fasted for her sister. She offered the divine mercy chaplet for her sister. And she thought, well, maybe when I'm an old lady or maybe when I die, my sister will have a conversion. But in recent years, and she's still a very young nun, her sister came to the convent, saw the beautiful image of the divine mercy Jesus, and had a conversion. Got all her kids baptized, goes to daily mass now, and fasts every Wednesday and Friday. I. Pray fast and wait for it. If it's best for your daughter to have a conversion now, to come back to Jesus now, to be healed and restored now, she will. If it's best for your walk for you to see it, you will see it. But if it's not best for your walk for you to see it now, just wait for it. And you might be able to see it 10 years, 20 years, or maybe whenever you're in heaven. But the word of God and the saints who have preceded us and our walk toward eternity encourage us to trust that God is working out something beautiful whether we see it or not. So, T, that's my advice for you. All right, on to the next question. Next question comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous writes this, Aloha, Father Josh. Warm greetings from Hawaii. Yeah, shout out to Hawaii. I really want to go there one day. Uh, Before my question, I just want to say thank you so much for being a conduit of God's grace and wisdom to so many lives. Your podcast challenges and inspires me every week. I pray for your strength as a priest. Thank you. I need that. And in your ministry, I'm so grateful to you, Anonymous. Uh, May you always be blessed. My question is, about two months ago, my boyfriend and I learned that I am pregnant. We've been together for 11 months. We both are in our later 20s, active in parish ministry, and we're not living together. After finding out that I'm pregnant, I sought counsel first from my spiritual director, our religious sister, who advised us to tell our priest that I stepped down from ministry for this time. Our priests were very understanding and supportive. One of our priests asked us what our plans were regarding our relationship. We told him that we both intend to be married, but he advised us that if there is any form of pressure to be married, pregnancy being one of them, we need to pause uh, the marriage preparation, which we understood. During this time, we also sought advice from another couple in our church who has gone through the same thing, pregnancy before marriage, but cohabitated, then married when their firstborn daughter was two years old. And they advised that because consistency is so important in our child's life, it is recommended that we live together. I feel very torn about this. Yes, we struggle to be chaste, but knowing the high divorce rate of couples who cohabitate before marriage, I really don't want to live with my boyfriend before we are married. This is difficult, too, because at my boyfriend's home, he has a lot of family members who can help us with our baby. But at my home, it's just my sister and I. I don't know what to do. Please let me know what you advise, Father. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Yeah, God bless you, Anonymous. First of all, um, God bless you. Uh, thank you for choosing life, uh, God has certainly blessed you with this baby. Your baby is a gift and he is so delighted in you and in your boyfriend for choosing to bring this baby in the world, right? Um, so like, let's focus on the gift. The father delights in you. He delights in your child. He delights in your boyfriend. Um, certainly, right, you you struggle to be chaste. And yeah, so you, you committed this sin of sex outside of marriage. But look how good our father is. Look how good he is. He loves you so much that he blessed you with this life with this child for you to be an instrument for this child to become a saint and for this child to be an instrument to draw you and your boyfriend to become saints as well. And so, yeah, I I, I want to affirm your decision to step down from ministry in this season so that you can really focus on the child in your womb, that you can focus on your relationship with God and growing in holiness with your boyfriend. Um, I want to encourage you as well to discern, right? Um, were we intending marriage before we got pregnant? Was this a part of our plan? Or, or is marriage only on the table because of the baby? Um, if you were already discerning marriage before pregnancy, then I would say, um, I would encourage you to to pick up the marriage preparation process now, right? That way it's a six month process. You can get it shortened to five months, potentially. Um, you guys can, can raise your child in a home uh, with the sacrament of grace of being a married couple. Um, but certainly um, I would not, advise you to cohabitate um i would advise you to live separately right i i know many families holy families that for whatever reason the parents cannot live under the same roof at the same time for a season, and God's grace is bigger than that. But I would not advise you to cohabitate, because if you cohabitate, you're going to be placing yourself in a near occasion of sin, and we don't, as parents, want to get our child baptized and then give our kids a witness of, of sin. And what I mean by that is that what if you fall quite often because of um, just the temptation, right? You're young, you're in your 20s right now, you're attracted to each other. Chastity is a struggle, um, and so if you live under the same roof, then I I, I can see. Be being very difficult for you to actually live chaste celibate lives as a brother and sister until you were able to discern whether or not God was inviting y'all to to the sacrament of matrimony. So I would encourage you to live separately as you discern if you're called to marriage, um and and to be able to just yeah lean into your families. I think you know what to do. Cohabitation is not the answer because it would be a near occasion of sin, um and it could be a scandal to the to the child if you guys did not get sacramentally married um anytime soon it could definitely be a scandal to this child and when you get your child baptized you promise to raise your child in the practice of the faith but the morals of the faith and so it would be um not only scandalous but hypocritical to 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 say we're going to raise our child in the morals of the faith but yet we're doing something that's not prudent um as far as our living situation so yeah i i want to encourage you and commend you um um for choosing life, first of all, and, and for wanting chastity and for wanting to raise your child in a holy domestic church and holy family. Uh, but that, that can't be, be based on, on, uh, improving decisions like moving in too soon together. So yeah, I would say live separately. Um, and then if you believe that you can love him freely, totally, faithfully and fruitfully, um, then go ahead and begin marriage prep uh, so that you can receive the sacramental graces that come in the sacrament of marriage and that child could grow up in your holy family. Um, if you do not think that you were going to marry this guy um, before the baby, then I would say take some time to to discern, to really study and discern what is marriage about. Marriage is not about feelings. It's not about liking somebody forever, but it's about saying I believe I can help this person get to Jesus and abide in Jesus forever. And I believe this person can help me remain in Jesus forever as well. It's, it's about salvation. It's about being a bridge to the Lord um, now and in, into eternity. Um, and so if you think you could do that and this person could do that for you and you could do that without being coerced, without being forced, if you could do that by offering everything and, um, and anything for this, for this sacrament, then I would say um, continue to move toward the sacrament. Uh, but, yeah, let me know if that if that is helpful, if my advice was helpful for you. But trust, I'm praying for you, and I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you and for your boyfriend and for your child and for your desire to do what's right. Um, God loves you so much. He delights in you so much. And he has blessed you with this beautiful baby in your womb who um, – I believe this baby is gonna be just a source for you and your boyfriend to to become radical disciples. And so I'm grateful, I'm grateful for your relationship. Um, so let me know if you have any more questions you want to hit me up with. You can do that at Um All right, we're gonna be back after a quick break and we're gonna dive into our final question.
1: Reading the Bible is something we as Catholics know we should do, but let's be honest, it can be kind of complicated. Even though it's a complete story, the Bible isn't really one book. It's more like a library, with dozens of books and dozens of genres. There's poetry, prophecy, and prose. There are apocalypses and revelations, historical accounts and allegories. No wonder it's difficult to keep a finger on the story of God's love and plan of salvation for his people, the thread that keeps all of it together. If you're wishing there was a simple guide to help you tie all of this together, then you're just like Jeff Cavins and Tim Gray. That's why they wrote the book, Walking with God. Walking with God is a single book that traces the story that ties the Bible together. It helps you to understand the big picture of the Bible. If you're looking to read more of the Bible, Walking with God will help you do it with confidence, peace, and clarity. You can find out more and order Walking with God on AscensionPress.com or on Amazon.
0: And we're back. Quick reminder, you can send me your questions at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note. We could play that on the show as well. Don't forget, rate us and review us on iTunes and share the show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on other social media outlets so that other people can find out about the show. Last question comes in from Amanda. Amanda writes this, Hey, Father Josh, I want to thank you for taking the time to put out this podcast. I have truly been inspired to be more intentional in the practice of my faith. I feel called to dive deeper into studying scripture, but I've already hit a speed bump. There are so many translations of the Bible. Which is the most accurate translation? Do you have a favorite Bible you can recommend? Thank you for your time. Yes, Amanda, I do have a favorite translation. My favorite translation is the Revised Standard Version. Um, second Catholic edition. And um, uh, the favorite way that that has been put out has been through Ascension Press, the Great Adventure Catholic Bible with Jeff Caven's, the Ignatius Press Catholic New Testament Study Bible, um, and then also the St. Benedict Press Holy Bible. So hopefully that is helpful for you. And uh, and if it is, then dive into those, those translations because they are my favorite. Also, the New American Bible is the one we use for the lectionary mass. That's also a beautiful translation as well. So, Let's go ahead and pray as I get ready to prepare for a wedding that I'm doing in a little bit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, come down and reclaim our bodies, which have been consecrated to you at baptism, filling our entire dimensive quantity from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Fill our faculties with your presence, our senses, our memory, our imagination, Our common sense, power, our intellect, our will, our appetites. Take up your residence, Holy Spirit, in all aspects of our bodies and of our souls, leaving no place unfilled, closing off any doors, caves, or portals to the demons, driving them to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, never to return again. Heal us of our wounds. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, y'all, I cannot wait to walk with y'all toward eternity. See you next week at Ask Father Josh.